Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Hitting that rewind button once again to take us all the way back in time to a particular year in football shows a couple of great stories of the college game in 1929 in this edition of the Football History Rewind. An injured coach's continual inspiration to his players and there was one proud mother in New Haven as these stories and more are part of our Football History Rewind coming up in a moment. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pig Pen, your portal deposit of football history, and welcome to another edition of the Football History Rewind as we go through year by year in some of the greatest seasons of football in history. We started way back in the beginning, actually an ancient civilization of the precursors of the game, and we've worked our way all the way up to this series, uh, this episode of talking about 1929 and the college football game. In this part number 64 of Football History Rewind. But before we get to that, let's make sure you are, are, you are aware of our newsletter. We have a daily newsletter comes out, and we'd love to have you be a part of it. So easy to sign up. You can go in the show notes of this very podcast or at the top of pigskindispatch.com. Easy to sign up. You'll know everything that's going on in yesteryear hub and the pig pen for everything that we're involved with. And that's Pigskin Dispatch. That's Jersey Dispatch. That's Orville Mulligan Sports Writer. And, of course, the SportsHistoryNetwork.com. So we'd love to have you be a part of that and uh, enjoy us every single day. Know what's going on. Now, let's get into our story. Uh, the story of the history of football has taken us to the end of the decade of the 1920s. The 1929 season of NCAA football did not have anything substantial in rule revisions, but it did have some memorable moments. And on this road full of obstacles, it had Notre Dame having a disappointing year in 1928, and no one was more bound to correct that than head coach Newt Rockney at the time. Rockney was very upset about his team's four losses in the previous season, including two in a row, the only time this ever occurred under Rockney's watch. Well, that was the 1928 season. This was 1929, and the march to a national championship would not be easy for Newton and the boys, as a couple of glaring obstacles met them before the season start. Notre Dame Stadium was under construction during the season, so all the games in 1929 were scheduled to be played on the road. This is making them a serious uh, road warrior team. Very difficult to win on the road, as we know. A more serious issue was that Rockney had developed a blood clot in his leg. The phlebitis was so severe, enough to restrict the great coach to a wheelchair, which kept him from traveling to the road games after the first one against Indiana in a 14 to nothing win. Rockney would still attend practices in his wheelchair, armed with a bullhorn. 
And remember, they're playing all these games on the road. So assistant coach Tom Lieb led the team in the games as Rockney would call long distance to speak with Lieb and the team before the games. Against his doctor's orders, Newt went with the team to Pittsburgh in the fourth game of the season against Carnegie Tech, two days after the stock market crashed and a Great Depression had started. The head coach would not patrol the sidelines, but Lieb did carry him into the locker room at halftime of the scoreless tie to rally the troops. Rockney was endangering his life by doing this, as a clock could loosen if he got excited, but Newt wanted to win games despite the risk of his own health. His speech on this day went something to the tune of asking the team if they thought he attended this game, risking his life to see them lose. And would they let that happen after he suffered so much to be with them? His oratory fired up the team enough to pull out a 7-0 win after they scored in the second half. Now, Rockney also attended the games at Soldier Field uh, in Chicago, where the Irish defeated USC 13-12 in a thriller before a crowd of over 112,000 fans. Now, he would have had to settle on listening at home on his radio on the final game of the year against Army from Yankee Stadium, though. The nation was one month into the Great Depression, but still, the paid attendance of this game in New York City was over 79,000 paid fans. The Irish prevailed in the game 7-0 and locked up the 1929 National Championship with a perfect season of 9-0-0. And a, a great record there and a great coach in Newt Rockney. Now, we also had another team on the rise that was once a powerhouse, and that's the Yale Bulldogs. Now, we haven't discussed the Yale Bulldogs too much lately in Football History Rewinds. Their, their day had uh, really set back in the end of the 19th century, beginning of the 20th century. But it was due to their decline in their program during the 1920s. However, they certainly would add excitement during the 1929 season with some of their exploits on the field. An excellent one-player performance by quarterback Albie Booth against Army had all of the Yale supporters cheering again. Army was dominant in the first half of this game, played at the Yale Bowl. The cadets breezed out to a 13-0 lead and looked for total control of the contest. That condition soon changed, though, as Army fumbled at their own 32-yard line late in the half and Yale recovered. Booth carried the ball repeatedly and scored a touchdown just before the half to make the score 13-7. The Yale crowd was in a frenzy at halftime, and Booth and the guys did not disappoint in the second half as Albie scored another touchdown and even punched through his second drop kick of the day to put Yale in the lead 14-13. Booth had the inspiration of his mother attending her very first football game, and he was still invigorated to do more in this contest. His next exploit would go down in history as the legend of the quote, little boy blue. Yale held Army on the next series and forced them to punt. And Albie was deep return man for the blue, and he fielded the kick at his own 35-yard line and started heading for the sideline. The Army coverage converged on him and appeared to ready to knock Albie out of bounds to the end of the return, but somehow Booth cut back at the last moment and broke through the cadets into the open field. One last Army defender wrapped his arms around Booth at the 25-yard line, but Albie spun and broke free once again to score that touchdown. When Booth exited the game, he was met with a standing ovation that would go down in history as one of the most incredible roaring cheers in Yale's football lore. And uh, what an exciting moment that must have been. And that young man having his mother attend her very first football game, and he performed for Mama, and that's for sure. I know that's a great story and uh, one I never get tired of telling. 
and uh, very exciting for the Yale Bulldogs that day. And for Notre Dame, you know, what a, what a great job Newt Rockney having that blood clot and just risking his life going to all these uh, few of these road games when his doctors were telling him not to because, you know, it could have killed him. Wow, that's uh, just something, and the Irish responded uh, to his challenges. So we thank you uh, once again for joining us for the Football History Rewind. Hope you join us for each and all of our segments. Uh, we are, you know, reduced our, our count of uh, episodes on the podcast just a little bit. We're on three or four times a week. Hope you enjoy those. And uh, we're trying to bring you some good quality and some good stories and as well some excellent guests, uh, historians, to talk about a lot of different things in the preservation of football history history and uh we sure love to, to have you join us each time and one way to do it is that newsletter it'll tell you when it when those are coming up also subscribe on your favorite podcast provider and that'll also tell you when new releases drop so till next time everybody have a great gridiron day peeking up at the clock the time's running down we're going to go into victory formation take a knee and let this baby run out thanks for joining us we'll see you back tomorrow for the next podcast We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, football fans. This is Ross, the host of the Pigskin Tales podcast. I just need a few moments of your time to talk about the host of the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, Darren Hayes. He's expanded the pig pen to search out information on the history of all team sports. It's a quest to find out about the competitors, teams, and places chronicled throughout athletic history through the uniforms and gear the participants used and wore. And he is taking you, the listener, with him on this educational journey to preserve sports history on the Sports Jersey Dispatch, found here on the Sports History Network. His newest podcast, called Jersey Dispatch, is all based on the jerseys that all the greats used to wear. You can find Darren Hayes and the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, as well as Jersey Dispatch, on your favorite podcast provider multiple times each week. So remember that, Darren Hayes, the host of the Pigskin Dispatch and Jersey Dispatch podcasts. It's found right here on the Sports History Network.